This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. And let me welcome my Tuesday partner in power. Back on Thursday to do God's work, let me welcome the one and only crisis manager extraordinaire, uh, workplace expert, Drew McCaskill. Karen Hunter, twice in one week. Listen, I'm loving it. Well, I, I called on you specifically because, you know, I'm, I'm tuning out of cable news and I'm just, you know, sitting here, um, here to serve. And yesterday we had a bunch of callers, at least two, uh, who were former military or in the military, former military IT folk who said that they couldn't find a job. And I said, I think Drew's working for a company that um, has a bunch of jobs that folks can access. And I feel like, you know, as the uh, stimulus checks are not coming as unemployment is going to run out as we are opening things back up, even though things are opening back up, a lot of jobs are waxing and waning. And for a lot of our, our folk, um, you know, to me right now, I think we need to shore up our money and make it. I just said, had this conversation today with my students, get you a job, do your side hustles, do everything you can to bring in money. We're going to talk today as well about Melinda Gates, who is getting paid even before, yes, even before the divorce is final. And I'm going to break down all of the ways in which she's getting money. And it's mostly through investments in stocks. She is liquidating or they are liquidating. I think it was like 1.8 billion. Wasn't even in Microsoft because most of their money's not in Microsoft. They're diversified. So we're going to talk about that as she spends her time on an island in Granada, Grenada, $132,000 a night island while she susses all this out. She could do that. She could afford it. But I said, Drew knows some things. So um, I wanted to just kind of break down for people. If you are looking for career change or you're in a career looking to add another job, you have certain skills like IT, like a lot of folk in the military. I know uh, somebody on our staff actually uh, specialize in logistics and they're working right now with us doing some things logistically. And, you know, these skills that you learn in the military can be applied in the real world and you can make good money. So I said, Drew, what you know? And he said, they're about a quarter of a million jobs open at my company. Let me come on and talk about it. So let me say thank you again for answering the call. Absolutely. Karen, I, listen, I love talking about economic opportunity, right? That's, that's, that's the <laughs> thing. I love. <laughs> I love talking about economic opportunity. I'll, I'll say what the first thing I'll say is that more and more companies are starting to look at your skills, right? How you talk about your skills and everybody listening to my voice. If you, if you have a job currently, you're looking for a job, you're trying to figure out how to get how to get promoted at your next job, the conversation that you're gonna that you're gonna be having more now than any other time is less about what school you went to, what what your old job used to be, but how you talk about the skills that you actually have. I'll give you here's an example. If you are doing a job right now or you're out of work. You've got to think about how do the skills that I had at my previous job, I don't want to, I might not want the same job that I used to have, but what skills do I have at that job that are transferable to other things? So companies are not going to be creative as it relates to figuring out how to hire you. You got to be creative in terms of figuring out how to get their attention and you get their attention by talking about your skills, more about your skills, less about your job. Let me give you an example. Food servers, right? Like if you were a server, they have 71% of the skills required for a customer service role. 
And so if you've been a waiter and you see jobs that are posted for customer service, that may be a, a job with full benefits, health, dental, salary role that you could easily transition to. You've got 71% of the skills for that, but you have to start to think, what? how do I talk about my skills? How do I put my skills on a resume or my skills on a LinkedIn profile so that people understand that this is what I did, but I can do a whole bunch of other stuff, right? And even if you've been, say you've been a store manager, store managers have 56% of the skills that are required for a sales role. That could be technology sales. That could be, that could be sales for, um, for large scale services. You could go from a, a $32,000 a year store manager job or a $50,000 a year store manager job to a sales role that could be $100,000 and $150,000 a year because of the skills you have, right? And so... Full transparency. I'm a LinkedIn career expert. It's part of what I part of what I do for LinkedIn and the LinkedIn company. And I, what I'm going to say, the reason why I give that caveat is, I believe that every black person should have a LinkedIn profile, regardless of what you know. If you are, if you think that there's a that there's a chance that you will want and or need a job in the next two, three, four, five years, I think you, I honestly think that a LinkedIn profile is important. Here's one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why is one, there are hundreds of, there are mil, hundreds of millions of folks on LinkedIn, right? And that's how you, it's a great way to build your professional network largely without actually meeting people and having conversations. But more importantly, there are more than 60 million companies that are on LinkedIn that use LinkedIn algorithms to help them find people to come and work for them, right? And so my thinking is that if you've got a Facebook account or you got a Twitter account or you got an Instagram account, none of those things were created for economic opportunity, right? None of those things are, are places typically where people will go specifically to find people to either work with or have come work with them, right? And so I think that it's that if you just have a resume, you have a resume and it's, it's, it's as far goes as far as that piece of paper. You have a profile, people, can, people are now coming to look for you and they can find you much more easily. So, so let's talk about what that looks like and how it, it is different from your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter page. Because I think some people, because I've been on some profiles, they don't know the difference. And they're using LinkedIn like they would Twitter, you know, and they're posting like they would on Twitter. And it's not Twitter. 866-801-8255. It is a professional. It, it should be your professional profile. So what should the image look like? What kinds of things should, you know, like I've had a couple of uh, former students ask if I could give them a recommendation, you know, what gives you an advantage on LinkedIn in terms of a profile? Sure. So the first thing you're, you're hundred percent right, Karen, like the number one, the number one thing you've got to remember is that while LinkedIn is a, is a social media platform is a professional platform. So the way you engage on, on LinkedIn is really like how you engage at work. So for instance, you need a great profile picture, right? LinkedIn profiles with a with a profile picture 
those profiles get opened and, and read 21 times more than profiles without a picture. So you need a, a picture on there. The other thing is, is that, again, it's a professional network. So your picture on your, on your LinkedIn profile should probably not be a beach selfie unless you're a surf instructor. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about, this is my opening salvo. This is my, hi, I'm Drew, and I'm ready to work. My go-to that I tend to think of is that your LinkedIn profile picture should look like how you plan on looking at the job interview, right? And so it should be professional. It should look like you, all those things. I think it probably should be updated, all of those things. So you got to think about how is this telling my professional story? How does this get me hired, right? And so that's number one, great picture have a profile. Your profile should tell your story. There are a ton of tools on LinkedIn to help you do that. So if you have, you have an opportunity to have pictures of you actually doing work, pictures of you doing um, volunteer work, picture, or if there's been an article written about you and your work, put that on there and link to it. The other thing I would say that people have to also do is take advantage of the fact that you get to write a summary at the top of your LinkedIn profile and you have to use keywords. Use the keywords for the types of things that you're interested in doing, right? And so that's like writer, project manager, data analyst, right? Um, product specialist, customer service, right? All of those things, sales, Put those things in your in your um, in your profile. The way you talk about what it is that not only what you do, but also the type of work that you're looking for, right? Like this is about who you are and your professional story, but it's mostly about where you want to end up, like the types of roles that you want. So those keywords that are there, that's how the algorithm is used by recruiters to actually find people, right? And so recruiters are going in on LinkedIn and they're saying, I need a writer, I need a copywriter, I need someone who's a data analyst, I need someone who, um, who does digital marketing, all of those things, the algorithm is what brings people to you. And so you've got to understand how to use the algorithm. 866-801-8255. And I want to thank you again, because this is not your normal day. But I was like, man, how can we service people who are out there looking to, to, to make more money, to earn more money, to, to get a new job, to get a job? You know, maybe you've been displaced from your job, particularly people in the food service. I just interviewed Coach um, uh, Chef Kwame from Top Chef, uh, and we were having this conversation because a lot of restaurants have shut down. A lot of people are, are you know, pivoting. And I'm glad that you said 71% of your skills as a, as a waiter or as a food service person are transferable in customer service. And you're absolutely right. If not more so, we need more good customer service because a lot of folk out there right now. <sighs> anyway, yeah. so, and, and also tell us where the money resides, uh, Drew. Where where, where are the, the, the $100,000 plus uh, salaried places? What kind of industries are paying? You, you just mentioned uh, sales. What other kind yeah. of industries are, are, are paying out six-figure salaries? So last, uh, last August, it was in August. In August, we committed to, um, to helping 140 million people find, who are out of work find jobs. And so what LinkedIn decided to do is like, we, we said, yo, where the money reside? Who's hiring? Like, what are the jobs, right? And so we identified 10 jobs that are in demand in today's economy and that are positioned to grow in the future. One is a graphic designer. One is a data analyst. Wait, Three, pause. Graphic designer? 
graphic designer. I know that there are a lot of graphic designers listening. High profile, high high demand graphic designers. It's also it's also a role that you can that you typically can do remotely. Uh, the entire world. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a church boy, so you know, as it relates to the world of work, it's like. COVID has, has flipped all the tables in the temple that in terms of how people are thinking about work and hiring, right? So graphic designer, not only is it high demand, it's high paying, and it's also a job where people can work almost anywhere and still do the job. So here's, you know, what I think pro tip on that is it's the type of job that you could be in Houston or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or Savannah, Georgia, right? Or upstate New York and work for a company in Silicon Valley or Manhattan and still make your Silicon Valley Manhattan salary in a lower cost market, right? I love it. So let's think about, let's think about strategically in terms of how, how we get to the most, you getting the most buck for your workday bang, right? And that, that's, I think it was part of it too. We also data analysts. And so a lot of times we say, well, what is a data analyst? What we also did, um, what we also did at LinkedIn was we, uh, we figured out that a lot of people don't necessarily know what skills that they have, right? Or how to talk about them on the, on the platform or even in their resume. So we have now on, on the LinkedIn platform skills assessments where you can go and take these skills assessments. And if you take the skills assessment and you do really well on it, you get like a little skills assessment badge. Like this person passes these skills assessment. It's almost like an instant certification, right? This verifies this person knows what the heck they're doing, right? If you don't, if you don't actually pass the skills assessment, you don't have to put it on there that you took the skills assessment test, right? Like this is a way for you to, to, to think about your career and your job differently and how you look for a job. What we've also done is um, for every one of the 10 roles that we talked about as the in-demand jobs, LinkedIn has learning paths. So you can come to the LinkedIn platform and actually choose, hey, I need to know more about data analysts. You can choose a data analyst learning path where you get the information. You could actually build your, the skills that you need to be a data wow. analyst in our learning path. And what we decided to do based on the pandemic is um, we made the LinkedIn learning paths that are aligned with those jobs available free for everybody if you go to opportunity.linkedin.com. All right, we'll tweet that out. Opportunity.linkedin.com. All right, so graphic designer, data analyst, who project, else? Project, uh, also project manager. Um, and so sales reps also. And listen, sales reps can be a lot of different things, right? In a lot of different organizations. You know, all of those things are really, really key. Software developer is another one. IT administrator is another one. That's those are six figure jobs. Yeah. Wow. And hey, former military folk, you know, a lot of you are trained in this and y'all aren't making this money right now. Mm. The jobs are out there. The jobs are out there, but you have to talk about your skills 
and now in a way that's very different than we've had to talk about skills before, right? So when you're talking about, I'm an IT administrator, talk about your experience in managing systems, talking about how you are, you know, are you using these active directories or, or Windows servers, right? So the other one is IT support and help desk. Now, that, that, there are a million jobs available right now. A million. A million globally and you don't have to sit in a call center in Peoria to get these jobs, right? There's also digital marketer. Digital marketer is another one. And again, <laughs> go to opportunity.linkedin.com. There is a literally there's a picture, the job title and start learning. It's a learning path that is free right now to anyone, right? On there. So Customer service specialist. Customer service specialist is, is not typically a $100,000 a year job, but customer service specialists are in high demand. And if you're not working, it's a job that you can ascend to, whereas customer service representative might not be a six-figure job, but the person who's managing multiple customer service representatives, it, it is a high-paying job, right? Financial analyst is the 10th one. And so again, analytic skills, data analysis, if you can, if you know, think about this, there are people right now who have been managing Excel spreadsheets and, and crunching numbers and making Excel documents saying all through college or even for doing um, work for the family business, definitely crunching numbers and doing data an, um, analysis in the military. Your skills are highly transferable. Start thinking now, okay, I never thought about that job. It's not what people always talk about, preacher, teacher, lawyer, doctor, right? But these are roles that are in high demand. There are hundreds of thousands of opportunities right now for these roles, many of them working remotely. I love it. Uh, thank you so much. 866-801-8255. We got some folk who want to chime in on this. Let's head over to Maryland. Drew McCaskill is here. You can follow him at Drew McCaskill and he's at LinkedIn. Ray in Maryland. Welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, hey. hey, Drew. Uh, I, I want to just double down on what he was saying. I'm a IT recruiter. I work in the Intel world. So everything has to have like a clearance going from like secret to full scope poly, but the skill set still stay the same, right? And I've been on LinkedIn forever. Like when I listen to you, honestly, I'm on LinkedIn now and I'm sourcing because I source for candidates that are on LinkedIn. Uh, Hello. Um, they get an account and a profile. I've made sure that they know how to interact and get, you know, contacts and make sure that their number one uh, priority is to make a friend every day or two friends or send out invites to be you know, LinkedIn, basically, <laughs> uh, no pun intended, but I have over 19,000 people that I'm attached to, and those people are attached to people, and those people are attached to people. So when I post something, I may have a million people that may see that post for a job. Um, I'm always looking for military people because they, they are disciplined. They got the skill set I need for my, my environment. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm a big, big advocate of LinkedIn. Love it. Well, thank you for sharing that, brother. And thank you for, for, for hiring people. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. The other, to, to his point about building your network, here's another thing that's really important to, to think about, too, in terms of why LinkedIn is a great tool. 
there are lots of great tools for getting hired, but I think that this is one of the best, that LinkedIn is one of the best ones, is that um, your network is your most valuable asset, right? And unfortunately, many, uh, many women and people of color, people in underrepresented um, groups, um, underrepresented in corporate America and in the workforce oftentimes, are we don't we don't invest in building our professional networks. We have amazing personal networks and networks of people that have our same interests, that love the same music we like, all of those things. But we have to really invest in our professional network. Um, especially when we're looking for work. More than 70% of professionals get hired at companies where they have a personal connection. More than 70% of professionals get hired at a company where they have a professional connection. The unfortunate part of that is that women and ethnic minorities, air quoting ethnic minorities, right? Women, Black folks, Hispanic folks, Asian folks, we have fewer professional connections that we invest in on a regular basis than our white cisgender male heterosexual counterparts. That is just a fact. And so if you don't invest in your network and building out that network and diversifying your network, then you're at a disadvantage, right? Here's the, here's the deal is that if that is the case, that means that you getting on the platform reaching out, if you want to go work at PepsiCo, then follow PepsiCo, as well as introduce yourself to some people who work at PepsiCo, mm. or ask your, your current network, who do you know who works there? And what's their name? Make Help me make a connection, right? And that. so your, net, your network absolutely matters. And so if you think about the time, if anybody out there who's on Twitter, right, and you think about the, the time you invest in one week on Twitter, if you are a Twitter person or you're a Facebook person or an IG person, what I would say to you is take a week off from all your other social, social networking platforms. And every time you think about opening up your IG, open up your, your LinkedIn account and say, where is there a connection I can make, right? Who can I make a, a connection to? There are a couple of pro tips that I think are really, really important for if you are gonna use the tool that we've created specifically for a time such as this, right? Where there, where there's massive amounts of unemployment. We've been working very hard to remove the stigma around being unemployed. We are, we have all of these campaigns that you'll see about removing the stigma about being unemployed, that anyone can be unemployed. It is not a moral judgment to be unemployed, particularly in this pandemic world. And so we created hashtag open to work. Hashtag open to work is a frame that you can add to your LinkedIn profile if you, if you are unemployed, that essentially immediately as a recruiter, one, it does two things. It one, sets you into the algorithm that lets recruiters know this person is looking for work, but it also is on your platform visually that says you're ready for work. It signals that you're looking for an opportunity. We also want you to be able to, um, to think about how do I get hired while even while I'm sleeping, I'm looking for a job. And so that was the, that was the goal of this. I want to be looking for a job even when I'm sleeping, even when I'm not on the platform. And what we created was job alerts. I love job alerts because with job alerts, you can go through and click the roles, start typing the roles that you're looking for. You can type in the geography where you want to work. And then LinkedIn will automatically send you jobs that match that. There are, there are over 300,000 
open roles on LinkedIn right now. So imagine if you could type into the system, I want a copywriter job on the West Coast, or I want a copywriter job or a senior copywriter job in Manhattan. You type that into LinkedIn, into the job alerts, and then literally as these jobs come open, or as the, as the, the, uh, the system is combing all of the open jobs, it sends you an email directly to your inbox. These are 10 jobs that popped up today. These are, these are 20 jobs that popped up tomorrow. Or these are, here's a job that, was, that, that showed up last week. Don't know if you saw it. Just wanted to remind you that it's out there. You can literally start looking for a job while you're asleep. And here's the thing I would say about that. When you get those alerts, be responsive. Be go ahead and respond to it. A lot of the jobs don't even require you to send them a resume. It just it will say, can we send this recruiter your LinkedIn profile? Click yes, and you're automatically applied for the job. It's wow. not like you have to go out and write a cover letter oh and all my of that. God. All the anxiety around looking for a job has just been solved. Thank you. And the faster you the faster you respond, people who respond back in within like the first hour of actually getting the alert, they're four times more likely to hear back from that recruiter. So, so being responsive says to that recruiter, I'm ready to work. I love it. I love it. Let's go to Atlanta. Drew McCaskill's here. Uh, Rudy, Rudy in Atlanta. You're on the Karen Hunter show. Welcome. Hey, Miss Karen. How you doing? Awesome. All right. He did a good job while he was out last week. So I know I he did. I know yeah. he did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, yeah. some of the higher ups they were driving around listening, and they were like, "You, mm-hmm. you, uh, your fillings were amazing." So I feel really—they're right. not fillings; they're family, and that's what right. you know. They should be able to babysit. Well, not even babysit. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Take care of the house. That's right. That's right. And it's really all about who you deal with in life, because I, I, um, I what Drew is is. Is, is on fire today for the simple fact he's really trying to tell people to market, learn how to market yourself. Learn how to start investing in yourself. Um, I, I've never been the, the, uh, the, the college type. I, I've been more of the, um, uh, what you call, um, trade, you know, um, electrician, truck driver, you know, things like that. And I really try to, um, whenever I'm given an opportunity, I try to teach guys to um, start investing in yourself instead of buying these rims. Start, you know, buy, buy tools. Because what, I think COVID, COVID is really changing the dynamics in which um, people are, are not trying to go back to these low-paying jobs now. I mean, not, not when you can hustle money and, and have other ways of, 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 of making that same dollar stuff instead of, working at a $10 hour job when you got someone who doesn't know, who really doesn't know anything about anything. It just, um, it's it just one of them things where I don't think these people are getting paid with what they think they're worth. So they're not going to these jobs. So my, my position when I'm dealing with kids, um, I'm younger, the younger generation, I just tell them you better start investing in yourself. Yeah. Start I- buying tools, 
Uh-huh. And beyond, and beyond that, let me just, you know, I want we have to go to break, but I, I want to thank you, uh, Rudy, for your contribution. But, you know, a job is not an end all in the workplace right now is is completely different than it was when my parents were coming up. You know, folks were expected to, to work at a place 20, 30 years and retire with a gold watch. That doesn't exist anymore. And, and the younger folk ain't even trying to stay at a job more than two or three years. So there's a lot of flux. But my goal right now is to give y'all enough uh, to, to, to make enough money to invest because that's the real move, which we're going to talk about later with Melinda Gates and and how not just that, you know, her husband was a billionaire, but they invested wisely. They put their money in stocks that that are now paying, you know, uh, and, and not even Microsoft, which is another thing. Mackenzie Scott is mostly Amazon stock. This this portfolio is amazing to me because it tells you about the the compounding effect. Of, of putting your money in. So I need y'all to have a job, use some of that money, invest, make sure you don't put it in a mattress or in a, in a checking account or a savings account and, and not in doji coin either. But like, let's just be really wise because cash is king, but being financially independent, being in a position to be able to make moves because, because you can make moves, but being unemployed, not a stigma, but it hampers you from getting to the to the place with, that most of us want to be at, which is to be able to get up every day and make decisions about our lives, not uh, tied to this job or tied to somebody else's whims. And this is the Freedom Pass. And here's the other thing about that, too, is that if you focus on how you talk about and how you essentially tell your story, but market your skills. Skills is something that people can't take away from you. We've always said that about education and education is great. It has its place, right? But we're also talking about skills. Skills is where it's something that you can get. You can get that while you're at your current job. You can, there's, you don't have to just get them from LinkedIn and our learning paths, but we've made a lot of them available for free and you get a certification on the platform. But honing in on your skills, investing in how you get certified for certain skills that you may have is a great path. So Rudy talking about investing yourself, buy the tools, right? Maybe the tools that you buy could be like your tools that in your toolbox that you are, you are HVAC person, or it's the tools that are in your toolbox that I've got this particular software as a graphic as a graphic designer. This is I'm going to use these tools so I can have my own hustle and make my own money on the side while I still have this job over here too. And so that's the that's the investment I'm talking about. Lines are lit. When we come back, we'll take more calls. Drew's sticking around. I appreciate him answering this call today. I was like, please come in. Let's have this conversation because we got to feed the people. Got to feed the people. 866-801-8255. Why am I giving out the number? There are no lines open. Uh, at Jazzy Introvert on Twitter. She has, uh, we got a lot of Twitter questions. Um, love everything you're saying, Drew. Thank you. Question. How about ageism? Are IT employers still enthusiastic about people over a certain age? And how is Indeed handling folk of a certain age because it is harder in person to get a job when you're of a certain age maybe this equalizes things because it's skill-based your thoughts i think skills i think um highlighting your skills and, and your uh and being really great at telling your story in digital spaces and telling your story on paper is a great equalizer and uh digital democratizes a lot i think ageism is a very real thing I think it's a very real thing in most in most technology um, organizations, but the the but here's the, the 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 number one issue is that employers are desperately looking for people with the right skills, and they are they are so 
looking so hard for people with these skills, particularly IT skills and digital skills and, um, and tech skills, that if they could find a golden retriever that could code, they would hire their <laughs> golden retriever, right? And so I think that one, being confident in your skill set and talking about your skill set in the right way and talking about how you can help solve the problem that a company is having with your skill set is an equalizer. Okay, good, 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 good advice. Let's go to Audrea in New York. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. You're on Drew McCaskill. Is hey, here. Karen, how are you doing? Hi, awesome. Drew, how are you? Thank you. Hey. Okay, so... Um, I wanted to add a different perspective to the conversation. I am a psychotherapist and I'm fortunate to work with a black owned company in New Jersey and we are hiring also. And um, there are quite a few of my colleagues, myself included, who had to um, transition to telehealth, um, providing psychotherapy um, via telehealth. And my question for Drew is, um, exploring looking at that possibility that's my side gig now um and i'm exploring making it my main gig any advice that you would like to give i'd greatly appreciate it i'll take my answer off the air thanks audrey thanks audrey um well i can say that uh, our next jobs uh, our next jobs report that is coming out one of the things that you're going to see i'm giving you a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain on it one of the next things that you'll see in that is that remote healthcare roles, right? People who are doing healthcare remotely is growing astronomically, right? The COVID pandemic has actually taught people and trained people to engage with their doctors, to engage with medical professionals in a way that they've not thought possible for. It never occurred to them like, okay, I'm gonna have a FaceTime with my doctor instead of going into the office. I can, I can have a conversation with a registered nurse or, uh, or a, a medical aide first before I escalate to actually leaving my house and going out. And so those roles, a lot of those roles are, are gonna be around for a very long time. There's a couple tech companies that are dedicated right now to that and they're getting extremely high funding. Right. So watch the remote healthcare space, because on the tech side, there are a couple of companies that are that are getting major funding from the VC markets right now because COVID has been the test case for the fact that this can work and that people of all ages are open to doing it. You better do that. All right. Let's head over to Atlanta. Go back to Atlanta. Jeff, you're on with Drew, Mc Drew McCaskill. Welcome. Hey, Karen. Hey, Drew. Um, I want to agree with pretty much everything that Drew said in regard to um, LinkedIn. During 2020, I not only got one job, but I got two. And a big part of it was due to LinkedIn. I had sort of underestimated the value of it. And it does indeed work. But I want to add another layer to that. And that kind of goes back to something that you said a little bit earlier, Karen, in regard to how like the way we go about applying for jobs is different today than our parents. And even like when I graduated from college in the early 90s, one of the things that I would highly recommend, particularly if you have the budget to do it, is get your resume professionally done. Um, if you've been laid off, I know sometimes you don't have that expendable money to drop that down on that but it's so worth it. Um, I had my resume done and before applying for jobs with like a homegrown resume that I'd done, 
I would apply for upward of 50 jobs and not get one response. But the very first job that I applied for after I had my resume professionally done, I got a call back. Now, I didn't get the job, but I started getting leverage and people started calling. So that's another thing that I would recommend uh, that you do to really put yourself ahead of the game. Uh, I won't get into it. Maybe Drew can speak to it. But with all of these applicant tracking systems and stuff, you need somebody to help craft that resume that's going to help you stand out with the technology that's being used to get the appropriate candidate. So just wanted to throw that out there. I was going to say, I I agree. And Torin Ellis has a rip the resume uh, book that has helped a lot of people. Uh, He's part of our family will always be part of our family. And we're going to start bringing him back in more frequently because again, for me, the, 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 the job is to make sure that people who are listening are healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that requires that we make sure you have all of the resources and the tools to do that. The resume, how does that work on, on zip, zip, on, on LinkedIn? I'm sorry, LinkedIn. How does that work? So um, to, to the college point, not everybody is going to be able to afford to have a professional right. resume. That's, like that's why I was saying rip the resume because it's a book <laughs> and step by step. And you can always reach out to Torin. He's always accessible on Twitter as well. Torin Ellis. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And and also, if uh, if you're if you are in a role that you you think, well, I haven't ever had needed a resume before. There are free resume services for for folks. Um, I know Salvation Army does it in almost every city. You can walk in. Well, before COVID, you could walk in, tell them that you're that you're underemployed or unemployed, and someone will literally help you create your first one, right? And so that's a service that has been available through places like Salvation Army for years. Again, if you're looking for some pro tips and things like that, Torin's book is amazing. You can also go to opportunity.linkedin.com. There's also some resume tips for you there. I think that what you for LinkedIn is, I think you take the the best of what is on your resume and you put that on your LinkedIn so that you can tell a professional story that you can, does this tell the story of my progression professionally, right? Some people are at the very beginning of their professional journey. Some people are in the middle. Some people are like in the stratosphere. And so I think that that the, the earlier you are in that professional journey, I think is you is probably you want to tell a little bit more about about your about yourself and about what you've done as you get more and more you know further and further along in your career you probably have a little bit less to say it speaks for itself right Right. but you got to be realistic about where you are that you got to make a you got to put a full court press on here and the story has to be good and jeff is right you know you want to stand out from everyone be professional across the board like a lot of us think we got it and the the market is saying something different. So let's let's use the tools. Let's head over to Renice. Renice in Maryland. You're on Drew McCaskill's here. Welcome. Renice. All mm-hmm. right, Renice. Be ready. Not ready. Hello, right. hello. Oh, I'm oh, here, oh. but I'm sorry, you all are breaking up. Um oh, I apologize. You're Can you hear me up. good? Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Um hi Drew. Hi Karen. Hi, hi. Um hope everybody's well. Um I'd like to know that I had a um, co-worker who was looking for another job, and he had LinkedIn, and apparently he put something on LinkedIn that he was looking for another job, so it kind of caused controversy with him being at his current position. So I'd like to know, is there something that you can put on LinkedIn 
to say you're looking for a job where your current employer will not know that you're looking for a job? And uh, my second question real quick is, um, does the LinkedIn, uh, does what you have on LinkedIn supposed to equal what you have on your resume? So she had had two questions. Both of them are great questions. The first one is that if you uh, part of what you can do on your LinkedIn profile is say that you're open to work and what there's a there's a space in there where you can click to say, oh, I don't want the little oval around my picture that says open to work, but I want recruiters to know that I'm open for work. And it will actually it will actually not go to recruiters that work at your current company. Right. Like that's part of the algorithm, but you have to click it. You have to click it the right way. Right. So be really careful in how you look at it. I would say, too, that to answer her her second question, does what's on your LinkedIn profile need to be the exact same as your resume? Yes, you should have. it, It should. It shouldn't say that I worked at, you know, at. Um, uh, international business machines for 15 years on your resume. And it says, actually, I worked there for 15 months and then there was a gap and then there was this and this. They should should mirror each other, right? Like they should factually mirror each other in terms of timelines, the actual companies where you work. You may put more detail on on your actual paper resume than you have on your LinkedIn profile, depending upon how long your work history is. For the for for most people who are looking for a job, the two should look about the same, right? Mm-hmm. There are going to be some things that you don't put on your resume. I mean, that you don't put on your LinkedIn because it's information that may not be good for public consumption, right? Like if you if you uh, had a specific imp- impact on certain numbers inside of a company that may that may not be good for you to put on a resume. Right. I mean, on on public domain, you can keep that on your on your short resume, on your resume and keep right. it short. Uh, Jelani on Twitter, Jelani six four uh, wants to know, uh, Drew, can you discuss whether or not black people endorsing one another is important slash valuable? I think anybody who endorses you on on LinkedIn is valuable. Um I do think black people endorsing each other on LinkedIn is valuable. I think you should have a very diverse network on LinkedIn. Um, Unfortunately, there's also data that says that uh, you are more likely to get a call back if if the person if the person inside a company who who vouches for you is white. That's America. Um, But I do think that uh, I do think that there's absolutely great value in having endorsements on your on your LinkedIn profile and yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Sam in Houston, you're on. I want to try to get as many people in as possible. We only got a couple of minutes left. Sam in Houston, make your question quick and, and your response quick. Well, just a quick thing, Karen. Thanks. Hey, Drew, how you doing? How you doing? Um, just wanted to, you, I know that a few months ago, back in, I want to say October, November, you mentioned about the Google certification. Yep. Quick update on that. My nephew did get his Google certification. He is part-time in college right now. He got his Google certification. He was doing a part-time school, part-time job, working as a security guard. He put it, he, uh, my sister got him in on a job that she was working for. 
he went from making $13 an hour to almost making $50,000 a year with that Google certificate. So I just wanted to give a praise report on that. I'm so proud of him for going and doing that. He's 22 years old. So, I mean, $50,000 and you're 22 years old, I think that's a pretty good come up. That really (laughs) is. That really is. Thank you for sharing that. Let's head over to Jonna in Ohio. Welcome. Jonna. All right. Kay in Texas. All right. Come on. We got Hi, Miss Karen. Hey. Hi. Hi, True. I just wanted to say thank you for the way, um, because I've been a server for 30 years, and we have been um, impacted by COVID. And I personally do not want to go back to serving because people don't want to abide by the mask rules where we're at. Um, So for... The way you worded it, it gave me support and it gave me gumption to know that, yes, we are more than just a server. I can upsell, I can market, and there's hope out there besides just waiting tables after 30 years. Oh, God bless. And that, God bless. Thank you. Thank you. You can do this. You will do this. Kay in Texas. Thank you, Jonna. And God bless you. And give us a praise report when you get that next job. Kay in Texas, you're on. Hey, good afternoon, Queen Karen. Hey. King Drew. I have a question about LinkedIn. Um, I had a LinkedIn account like years ago. I've been working for a company. I just made my three-year mark, but I want to grow. And I have since forgotten like passwords and everything is there a way to get back into that account or do i just need to create a whole new one um i would say if, you, if you've been off the platform for a while we typically that 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 profile uh if after it goes dormant i don't remember the exact amount of time but i think what you can do is let's let can you stick around after the break and answer that yeah. all right drew is gracious with his time i called him in last minute and said, please, can you help us? I'm, I'm hearing something here. I'm hearing people struggling through their own skills. Can we get this together? I know the company you work for, and you rarely talk about it on these airways because you come in to serve, not to talk about what you do for a living. And I'm just grateful that you're able to do that today. So thank you. Hey, I appreciate being here, Karen. You know, I, you know, I love the opportunity to come and like be here and just talk to you anyway. Like, you know, the crazy thing is that I say this all the time, but I really do mean it. Like I'm, I get to come on the show, but I also am a fan of the show. I tell Clay the same thing all the time. Like I'm, I'm listening to y'all when I'm like, you know, when I'm in my car, now that I have one, I'm listening to y'all when I'm, while I'm working, like, and even I said to you, the day that we had Tiffany Aliche on that you and I talked, it was she when she was really talking about the first time really talking about the book and financial wholeness, I was going through a whole moment about, you know, about the house that I was telling you that that I sold 10 years ago and the the uh, I saw that I got the alert that it had been sold for all of this money. And I was like, that could have been my money. And Tiffany's conversation fed my soul that day. She was talking about money, but she was talking about wholeness, right? That like not to be a prisoner to that. And I was like, I'm on the radio with her and she's talking to me. You know what I mean? Wow. So listen, I love the goodness that's here. I eat, I eat just like everybody else who's on who's me listening too. eating food. Me too, me too, me too. Um so the last caller talked about navigation. If you let your account die or or you know, 
do you get back in? Maybe, maybe she should do a whole new account. You know, like start fresh. Don't go to the old wine skin. You know, with yeah. the new wine. Maybe, maybe there should be an you know a new email account. You know, maybe you had a Yahoo. Uh, email address or AOL or something, get the Gmail account, you know, update your whole profile, come in new. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are exactly what you said, Karen. Um, if you if you um, put in your email address and you can't remember your password and it says, hey, enter your email address and we'll ship you a link to so that you can reset your password. And if you can't find that, I think it's probably a good idea for you to just start over. And you also get the chance to start start your profile over with a fresh perspective and fresh eyes. You won't, you'll be starting off from a blank sheet of paper, but you'll also not feel like how I gotta hold on to all of this stuff in the old way that I talked about what I did with previously. And the world has changed. And Drew is giving you the blueprint for that. Uh speak my mind underscore says, Can my college age children use LinkedIn to find internships? Your college age children should be on LinkedIn from freshman year, right? And so here's what here's what I think of why I say that is when you're in college, you have the great benefit of everybody wanting to be a part of your, your success story, right? And so I would say for college students, absolutely put um, create a LinkedIn profile. Remember that it's a professional profile, right? And so keep that in mind and put on there what they're doing in school. Put on there what they're vol- what they're doing to volunteer. If their fraternity or sorority is doing something, or they have a job on campus, talk about that job. Talk about the work that they're doing, the volunteerism that they're doing on your LinkedIn profile. D- the difference between um, your your first job out of college and how much money you make when you have no internships while you're in school versus what you your first job you make when you have had internships can be tens of thousands of dollars. The difference literally can be from 36 to 56 because you've had experience, you have work experience. Education is amazing, but people wanna know what you can do and who you've done something for previously. And I hope that every student in college, if you can afford it and you can figure out how to do it, that you find some sort of way to work while you are in college, because the market is going to be super competitive when you get out. And we just had a caller say her nephew took that Google uh, certificate and got a job making $50,000 while in college, while in college. You know, this is this is a, a, a long game, but it's a game that if you can start early and for those of you who have children, start them early with the process of of earning and investing i wish that i knew i mean we all say this if i if i knew the stuff i know now in my 20s oh my goodness you know and some of you have you know not that they're gonna always listen to so don't be frustrated because 20 year olds are designed to not listen to you that's that's their wiring don't be frustrated by that but at least you can have the deniability well i told you in your 20s what you're supposed to do so if you ain't do it don't look at me in your 40s mad because you ain't listen to mama or daddy or uncle or auntie uh, or friend so i i think that's great advice is what i told my students today as a matter of fact i told them you're gonna be on because i had made that decision while i was in in class this morning and uh they were like so when what time is that professor so i dropped the link and so i hope hey students i dropped a free you know three month subscription because they're college students to to go listen just for today's show because a lot of them are graduating and feeling lost and feeling like they don't know where to go and they don't you know they're in media whatever that means you know it's like where do I find a job 
I just, uh, another person on, on Twitter wanted to know they're on the business side. You talked about the, what is it? 60 million businesses that are looking for people on there. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business or a company, uh, and you want to access LinkedIn, what's that process? And that's from, uh, Les mom 75. So I would say absolutely create a business uh, uh, profile for, for your LinkedIn on LinkedIn, as well as link uh, to on your personal profile. If, if you're if you own the business or you're a principal of that business on your LinkedIn profile, particularly if you are a minority owned business and if you are, are minority uh, certified, because a lot of procurement officers are also when they're searching for diverse suppliers, they go to LinkedIn first to see who's already got the minority business certification on it because that's how they can prove that you're actually minority owned. They let somebody else do the legwork for them and you have the certification. They literally are looking for certified minority owned businesses so that they can figure out how can I buy stuff from minority owned businesses. So absolutely do that. Create a profile, link it to your personal pro, create a company profile, link it to your personal profile and start mm. to engage in there are tons of supplier diversity LinkedIn groups um, and things like that for you to go to as well. The information sharing that goes on in a lot of those groups is super helpful, regardless of geography. There's a lot of stuff that's very geographic specific, like, hey, this is what's going on in Newark, or this is what's going on in LA County. But a lot of it is just written is just across the board. So you definitely. just gave me an idea because I wasn't even thinking about my companies. And all of these people like what Wells Fargo, I can't find qualified black people. Well, if we're not participating, if we're not, I can't find a qualified company. Well, now we know there's a way to do that certified on, on a platform that will let the world know that I'm, I'm here for, for business on the other side. I love yeah, that. Absolutely. I love it. One of the other things I would say to, to college students too, I know, I know we got, we got to go. No, you, you, you got to go. You got a job. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say to college students, one of the things that, that I, that I say to college students all the time is um, while you're in college, you, you don't, you know, you might not be graduating till May or till the summer, but start looking for a job as early as possible in your, in your senior or maybe even your junior year, start looking at job descriptions and where are the jobs? What kind of job do I want to have? Do I want to be a producer on a television show? Do I want to be a producer on radio? What are the types of jobs that I want to do? Go through and start looking through the job postings and job listings. You can do that. You don't have to do that just on LinkedIn. You can do that on Indeed and you can do that on other places too. Print out the job description, highlight everything that you that you can do, everything that you have a skill that you can map to. Ah, my skills are applied. And everything that's blank, that is a requirement for that job that you see that you that I don't know if I could actually defend that in a job interview. Now is the time for you to go to your mentors, your professors, your career placement office and say, how do I fill in these gaps on this job description so that when I graduate, I can get a job like this? People are more likely to help you now than they will ever be probably in any other time in your life, in your career. So reach out to people who work at companies where you want to work for, make a connection, write a short email. If they connect to you, say thank you, say I'd like to stay connected. These people will be at these at these companies when you're getting ready to graduate, you can reach out. That increases your 7x opportunity to get hired at those companies. Start building that network now as a hungry, bright-eyed student who's already thinking about work. That is one of the things that could differentiate you from the next person who is coming in looking for a role or an opportunity. Great advice. All right, Drew, go to work. Go to your right. your, your paying, good paying job over there at LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, this was important and I'll see you on Tuesday and in the Urban View Streets. Uh, appreciate you. 
Yes. Oh, uh, one other thing. Uh, there's a new there's a new thing on the platform too where you can record the correct pronunciation of your name. It was created by a black female engineer at LinkedIn, and it is it is amazing. Oh, that's tool. dope. No reason now for anyone to get your name wrong. We're thinking about this in terms of outcomes, right? Like diversity and inclusion, all that stuff is cute and it's great and I love it. Equal access is not enough. We're talking about equitable outcomes. Andrew McCaskill and, you know, my niece, Christandra, we now have the same outcome. Me, a man and her, a woman, somebody will meet me in a job interview and we both have the outcome of the dignity of having our name pronounced correctly because that is important. Like we are humans, we are humans having a human experience when we go to work. And that's what we're trying to do. Ooh, Thanks, Karen. Thank you. And, and listen, maybe introduce me to the sister that did that because uh, oh. I need help pronouncing people's names every day. <laughs> and every day I'm like, what the, there are a lot of consonants uh, jammed up and no vowels. And I don't know how to pronounce. That is a valuable tool. Thank it's you so much. Tool. It is so valuable. Uh, off mic, definitely get with Smiz. Let's get her on the show too uh, for All Tech right. Tuesday. Thank you, Drew. Drew McCaskill, Bye, y'all. y'all. Follow him at Drew, like you draw, but you did it already. Drew McCaskill. <laughs>